Yes, I'm moving. Yes, I'm grooving. Did that did did it? Did it did it? Marching bands are back. Maybe I should go join them and I'll go sing Aerosmith songs. I got a spam email trying to get us to listen to some dude's new podcast about how to grow your podcast. Yeah, I don't think so. No, we don't, we're not interested in that. This is underground podcasting. This is like listening to an underground pirate radio podcast. Two lunatics. Ragdoll living in the city. That's the only lyrics I know of that fucking shit song. It also proved our hypothesis correct that we were going to get leaner and get meaner for a bit with the audience. They never were going to make it. These weak people, these weak people were never going to make it. No, they weren't cut out for this lifestyle. I guess once a week was just too much of a commitment for them. We've lost the people who are weak and faint of heart. And now, if people are going literally bonkers for this one. Hardcore 50-tonners, Aerosmith fans, just fucking wild. I'm sure you're as clueless as I am, but do you think people put on like their dating profiles, like, I like to fillet? I bet you there's an app or a website for that 100%. There has to be. I don't mean to find it. I just mean like, you know, on your OkCupid or something, you just put it as an aside. I would imagine you'd probably get kicked off on like Tinder or OkCupid for being that forward on your profile. But I know that people have gotten some pretty outlandish DMs from people on like Tinder and stuff like that. You never internet dated, right? No. Yeah, I never did either. I wonder what kind of unruly shit I would try to do if I, <laughs> if I had to do that. Yeah, from what I hear when I talk to people, different apps are kind of for different people. Like, um, I guess Hinge is kind of like if you're actually looking for a relationship and you're like more of a mature person, you'll probably be on Hinge. Like, it seems like it's more people in their 30s. Tinder is just for hooking up. I don't know about OkCupid. I know there's one called Raya, which is for like the elites. So it's like celebrities, dudes with money and like Instagram chicks, you know, so there's Raya. Ah, that sounds pricey. Yeah. That sounds like pay for play like Matt Gates. I only want to date elite people. I'm so elite oh go fuck yourself your dad's fucking elite you're a rich kid that's pay for play shit though right they're like i'll meet up know. with you if you buy my flight and a new dress and maybe maybe not i mean it, there are a lot of successful women out there you know mr sexist there are a lot of successful women out there and i kind of see the point of it like let's be honest with you if you're some chick who's like an executive at some company not to say that this wouldn't happen but you're probably not gonna date some dude who does like uber eats for a living yeah it's not gonna line up like you date where you kind of i cut hair i do small business shit i have a podcast makes sense that my wife is a hairstylist and not a fucking surgeon you know like she's gonna be like oh i'm, I'm doing i'm the fucking head of fucking heart surgery at boston medical yeah go do your little fucking podcast where you talk all yeah. fucking crazy yeah so you know i'm an you know i'm an artist i have to date another artist not uh you know would it have been cool to marry fucking rich though like some chick that's just like oh the idea of dating a craftsman is just fucking gets me going i don't no it doesn't matter what you have I, i've got everything you just be yourself i'm worth millions i'm worth millions you can say whatever you want i'll buy a company just to sponsor your podcast to make you feel better about yourself why is that never enough i feel like if i was rich i would get the poorest person i could find and be like i can afford this poor person oh uh, you're a pimp. whatever she decides to do with my money i can spend it and they'd be like she's gonna bring her whole family over i'm like i'll buy them all houses i'm that rich. where are they coming from wherever <laughs> way to dodge that one <laughs> probably texas that's where most poor women are from they're coming over from texas yeah What's the poorest state in the United States right now? Either Alabama or Louisiana. I got money on it. Yeah, probably, right? Poorest regions of America are like, there's a couple pockets on the deep south, and then I think Appalachia blows most of it away. Blows it away. The, the other insanely poor one, which is obviously a crime, is uh, Native American reservations. Those are like the poorest yeah. places in America. Yes. So I'll bring in a Native American family. I'll buy them a whole new reservation. That's how rich I'll be. Wow. And I'll show it off. I'll be like, oh no, no, I don't, I don't go near anybody with money. I and then you put a casino with... on there. Oh yeah. And I just yeah. give it to them. Oh, here, have yeah, it. but you keep the money from the casino. There's gonna be no, so because I'd be so money. rich, I wouldn't want the money. I'd be like, yeah, keep it. Yeah. Okay. Keep sure. It. So this is a good segue <laughs> into something I want to talk about: dating. <laughs> 
Dating highs, lows, dating out of your league, under your league, you know, all that shit. Oh, yeah. What about couples? Have you noticed there's a lot of couples that look like twins? And it's like mirror, mirror on the wall. Like, it's like you're such a fucking self-absorbed narcissist. You dated a person who looked exactly like you. There's a lot of people like that. I guarantee you, pull up your Instagram. Look at, like, five of your friends, and I guarantee you their significant other will look exactly like that. I don't know if I can tell. You want to see one right now? Yeah, show me one. You want to couple yeah show me one <laughs> here they are right here uh bad picture because you can't see her face but and we're gonna keep the names out of this sure but we're gonna i do know a, a gay gentleman that his last boyfriend looked just like him same height same look can you see that same same person exact same person you think 100 100 percent. i get you another one hang on i'm gonna give you three all right I'm going to give you three. That's that's what you're going to get. I'm not great with face mapping. Uh, Well, maybe it's because I do this. I, I look at people's faces for a living. I have a hard time recognizing people from their face. This one, it's this is going to be tough because this is the only photo they have online together. But black and white. Dude, husband and wife or brother and sister? Dude, it's the same person. It's the same person. <laughs> I'm going to give you one more now. This is... And I bust his balls all the fucking time. I'm like, dude, you and your sister make a cute couple. And he's always like, dude... <laughs> He did. Same. Literally the same fucking person. You could literally head swap him. Uh, <laughs> have you tried face swapping any of these people? No, just Donald and Melania. Test. That's the best one. That's probably the best one because they're celebrities. And it's like, he's a huge narcissist. She's a huge fucking, I, I imagine she's very self-absorbed. And they have the same facial features. When you did the face swap for the artwork, it didn't even look that crazy. I didn't do that face swap. I stole it from the internet. Right. It didn't look that crazy. Are you aware of any other celebrities that have the syndrome? No, but I'm sure I could find some. I bet you David Beckham and Posh Spice look the same. <laughs> Just throw it up. I bet you they do. <laughs> mira, mira on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Me. Obviously me. Yeah, I'm the fairest. You don't know if we're fraternal twins or if we're lovers. You don't know. You'll never know. Incest is a real thing. Anyway. The people at the Ethiopian liquor store down the street thought me and Kelly were related. But I think everyone in that store is related. So I think we're even. Let's see if you guys look alike. That would be a weird one because you're not that kind of. We shouldn't because we have completely different ancestry. It doesn't matter. You might be guilty. We both have blue eyes. Oh, you guys have the same eyes. Same nose. Yeah. Yo, you're guilty. You're guilty. Guilty as charged. You're wrong. No, her, look at look at her eyes angled down on the sides. Mine don't do you that. Look at your noses, though. Your noses and your smiles. Like, you have a broader chin because she has. she's a woman. She has a point. It's true that we both smile. We're happy people. Yep, that smiling Sorry, is a dead Steve. giveaway. No, I'm busting your balls. You guys don't. No, I'm like looking at you guys. Her nose is a little more rounded. Yours is a little more angular. We have somewhat light hair, blue eyes, but facially, structurally, it's not there. I do think, though, that there is something to it where if you live with someone for as long as you guys have, like, been together, you probably start taking on some of each other's characteristics. So I think yeah. you could both, like, mirror each other's <laughs> smile and, like, facial stuff. I, don't know. I think the only thing we exchange are bad habits. <laughs> I think that's it. No. One of us tries to do the right thing while the other one doesn't. Yeah, do me and my wife look alike? I don't think so. No, we don't look anything alike. <laughs> She's good looking. I'm... <laughs> you dog. You know, I'm interested in that, though, because really, like, I do not... If I know someone and they always have a beard and then they shave it and I run into them, I'm like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't do well with haircuts. I don't do well if somebody shows up with glasses. I ran into a guy on, on a job a couple years ago, and I hadn't seen him in, like, three years, and he had lost, like, 100 pounds. I worked with him for a day and a half before I realized that I knew him. Yes. <laughs> Like, I'm not good with facial cues, right? Like, I just, my brain doesn't register them very well. Mm. Face blindness, I believe it's called. I think we, as a people, I think you do a lot of compartmentalizing. I think that's kind of a thing where it's like, I worked with this guy for two weeks straight, and he was this weight, and he was a pleasant guy, but we didn't keep up. Yeah outside of work so then you see him a year and a half later and the guy's got a totally different look i have a thing oh god where... forbid i see him in a different environment then i'm just lost <laughs> 
I can cut your hair once a month for three years and always remember you when you come in and remember everything about you. When I see you outside of the shop, I am blanking on your fucking name and I feel awful. In here, this is my environment. I'm in this mode. I remember things like this. And then I, you take me out of that and it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I remember and then sometimes I don't. I blank on names and I feel bad about it. It's like, I'll remember if you come in, but I don't remember in the shop. I have a lot of false positives too. Do you? Where like, I'll see a stranger and I'll think I know him but I don't. Oh yeah, I don't, ah, oh, the worst, the absolute worst is when you think you see somebody, but you really don't, and it's like, um. That's what I just said. Yeah, 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 that's awful. Hey, what's up, Ed? They're like, my name is not Ed. I think you have me confused for someone else. It's painful. <laughs> that happens to me pretty often. I remember one time I was walking through downtown crossing and there was a guy who was like a bellhop or something outside of a hotel. He stops me on the street. He's like, yo, don't I know you? And I go, I don't know, man, maybe. And he's like, you, uh, you know, so-and-so. And I was like, no. And then he, he just kept going for like, and I was just like, dude, sorry. I, I don't know where I know you from. Like, Hey, I'm Steve. It's nice to re-meet you. Like it was cool. And he was trying, he was really trying to jog his memory about where he might've seen me. It's like, maybe you saw me at the bar that I was at a month ago and just happened to see me there and remembered my face for some reason. I am really good looking. So that happened. <laughs> I almost got in a fight with a guy one time. We were at uh, the local townie bar. You may remember Joe T's. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was there one time and a guy came up to me and started talking to me like, oh my God, Terrence, I haven't seen you in like 15 years. Oh my God. I haven't seen you since middle school. How you doing, man? How you doing? Maybe I'm 21. Maybe I'm 22. I'm, I'm very young. And I'm like, dude, that's my brother. And he goes, don't bullshit me, man. Come on, it's great to see you. I'm like, no, really. I don't have any idea who you are. He thought I was just fucking with him. He's like, what's your fucking problem, bro? And I'm like, hey, whoa, calm down. I know how you could have diffused that situation. Show him your license. Just punch him in the face? Yeah, you could have just showed him your license. You think I would have done anything the easy way? Not then. <laughs> I think now you might have actually just pretended that you were Terrence. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, I would have just said, that's me. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, real nice to see you. Now go over there. <laughs> yeah. Great seeing you, buddy. Now go away. You don't got to go away mad. Just go away. I had a thing happen today, and I don't know how I feel about it, but I didn't really like it. And I don't think the person meant to be disrespectful. I think you do know how you feel about it, because you just said you didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't, it, well, it wasn't a huge deal. It wasn't, it just wasn't something that I would do. An annoyance? An annoyance. So I go to a restaurant in my neighborhood that I always go to for lunch. Kids at school, wife is at work, I got the day off. Just got vaccinated, so I was feeling a little wonky. I didn't want to cook. And the waiter keeps calling me boss. He's like, you want anything else, boss? What do you think, boss? All right, boss. Thanks, boss. And I was just like, yo, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, what are you, a caddy? Like, stop. I don't know, I just, I found it kind of unprofessional to, like, keep calling me boss. <laughs> it's almost patronizing. All right, boss. Thanks, boss. It's like, oh, is that your thing? You're going to call everybody boss? What's up, guy? All right, no problem, chief. It's like, dude, this isn't a sports bar. Save it. Not a huge deal. Yeah, we went to Mount Vernon, uh, George Washington's estate Yeah, in Virginia on Friday. Oh, he calls everybody boss. Went to the food court, got some food, went to this burger place. We get up front. We start asking the woman some simple questions about the menu. She's immediately put off. She like snaps on Kel like two or three times. <laughs> like, excuse me, excuse me. Condiments are behind you. Condiments are behind you. And I'm like, oh, that's the worst. Kelly's like getting mad. Like Kelly wants to storm off or punch her in the face or whatever. <laughs> and, um, you know, he gets outside and I'm like, hey, Kel. And she's like, yeah, she's a bitch. I'm like, no. I was like, you notice she kept calling me sweetie? And she's like, that wasn't you. That was the cook. And I was like, no, I think it was me. I think she was scolding you and calling me sweetie. <laughs> That's pretty funny. When I went back up to get the food, she called me sweetie about 30 times. <laughs> Interesting. Scolded Kelly, though. When I was in Florida, one of the last times I was there, I flew into St. Augustine. I got a coffee at Starbucks in the airport, Jacksonville Airport. Yeah. And the woman at Starbucks kept calling me baby. She was calling everybody baby. She's like, here you go, baby. Okay, baby. Have a good day, baby. Like, she, <laughs> I was like, yo, this is awesome. <laughs> but some dude calling you boss, it's almost like kind of patronizing. It's like, I think he thinks he's being cool. If the big fat owner of a barbecue restaurant's like, here's your brisket, boss. You're like, yeah, I'm the boss. When some dude at like a restaurant where you're, it's kind of a nicer restaurant is calling you boss it's like yo dude like i'm not your friend dude fire him i did i fired him <laughs> did i tell you about when i had bad customer service at the mall the other week 
I had a little Instagram thing about that. Yeah, you were trying to buy something and no one helped you. Yeah, I mean, but they were just like... I'm in there with my daughter and dudes are like talking to me like I'm a 15-year-old kid. And it's not like it was particular to me. I'm sure they did that to everyone. And I'm like, how much money is this store losing because the people who work here are fucking assholes? Yeah. Like, you can't tell the difference between like one of your friends and a paying customer. Regardless of like... (laughs) If I was in my 20s versus, like, me being, like, 40 now, like, it's like I'm in here with my child. Look at yourself. Look at me. We're not the same age. Or maybe they think I'm the same. Maybe they thought I was so cool that I was just down with a (laughs) shitty customer service. Like, oh, yeah, people love it. They come in here to hear shitty rap music and to not have anyone fucking help them out. Like, yeah, I'll just go in the fucking stock room myself and get the sneakers. Just let me know where the fucking kids' Nikes are, you fucking dickhead. That's no way to run a fucking business. Then I go on, um... An ad for this fucking shitty fucking new chain pops up. It's called JD Sports. The place sucks dick. And it's the suckiest place ever. Dude, if sports is in the name, it's out. Well, the funny thing is, is they have an ad, but the ad has no athletes in it. It's only got rappers. They... <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, okay, well, I guess this is what we're going for. Like, you have, like, fucking little Dirk in your ad. Like, yeah, okay. Like, it's basically like, yeah, when people come in here, treat them like shit. We went to Bass Pro Shop the other day. <laughs> I had a similar experience in the hunting aisle. I can hear the marching band. Yeah. I'm at Bass Pro, and I'm asking them, like... You know, I'm looking for a bow that you can, like, learn on, but then is also suitable for hunting. And he's like, well, it's not the one in your hand. And that's it. That's all he says. And I'm like, could you show me maybe which ones are are good? And he just walks me down the aisle and he goes, these, these, these. And I'm like, all right. And he walks away. So then I go up to him later. I'm like, what type of arrows go with these? And he's like, well, there's a lot of options. It's a personal choice. That's all he said. (laughs) Sounds so, like that guy loves his job at Bass Pro Shops. So I'm doing all this. Where was this Bass Pro Shops? What town was it again? In Maryland, outside of Baltimore. Outside of Baltimore? What town? Sounds like you got a marching band, some kind of parade. Yeah, we got a marching band. We got a little fire party going on over here, boss. It's the Anne Arundel Mills Mall. Did you get the salesperson's name? No. Why, you want to blast him on the internet? Yeah, let's dox him. Let's dox him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the crazy thing, right? Kelly comes over. I'm doing all this research on my phone. She's like, why don't you just go ask the guy over there? I'm like, why don't you go ask that guy over there and come back when you're mad? <laughs> but we spent like 1200 bucks. You think this guy would have wanted us to like, Yes. I don't know, give him our money? I'm sure he gets some kind of commission if he's in the hunting section. I gotta be honest with you. They might not get a commission, man. Like, Dude, if those guys don't get a commission, that's the problem right there, right? Exactly. Because that guy could have upsold me to death. He could have been like, you know what you need with these is these hats, and you need this armband, and you need these. Oh, don't get those cheap arrows. Get these ones. They're better. That guy could have yeah. probably doubled what I was buying. That's the problem. But he did not give a fuck. That's why when you walk into JD Sports and they're playing like fucking shitty auto-tune rap music and there's literally 10 dudes standing around, they're not incentivized to fucking do anything because they're getting a flat rate. They're probably getting basically minimum wage. When I used to work at City Sports in the sneaker department, we were always motivated because we got store credit depending on how much we sold every month. That's not bad. For a college kid who just wanted like some fucking sneakers and shit, it was fucking great. You couldn't make a living off of that when you were older, but like if you were serious about making a career in that industry, that would have been a resume builder for you you know that's something that always kind of blows my mind is like when i go to an expensive like clothing store and they're wearing the clothes from there i'm like do they give these to you for free because do they pay you enough at a place like Saks fifth avenue they usually give you a pretty steep discount and i know some places where they used to work they would almost require you to get like their charge card but a lot of the guys like when you get into high-end retail like if you're talking about barney's or like neiman marcus or Saks, those are people that actually want to be there and some of them make very very good money yeah because they probably get a taste of whatever they sell right depending on the department you're in you know things could be different now i haven't done retail in a long time but to my knowledge if you were working in like the shoe department at like nordstrom you were getting a commission some of those people were making well over a hundred thousand a year that actually was the case when i worked at macy's when i was uh the stock room guy for the women's shoe department they would get an hourly and they would also get a commission and it was like tiered if you sold so much money you would get this i remember there was this one woman janice who was older she should have been retired she was old enough to like not work she was like i made three grand this week just selling shoes
shoes. Damn. It was serious back then. They would incentivize people to hustle. They should give commission for that shit. I mean, well, you know, I think a lot of the time the profit margins are really not that great. So they're really, they have to sell volume. This is the thing with, with the hair industry too. There's different business models. But if, if you want to speak about the one that I'm in, when you talk about barbering, it's generally either a booth rent situation or a commission chair situation where, you know, you're really more of an employee. If you're in a commission shop, you can expect a little bit more out of the owner. Whereas if you're a booth renter, you show up, you get a key, you work your schedule, you pay the rent, and then that's it. You're responsible for everything else, you know, whatever you want to do. But there's incentive to do more because the more money you are putting in the register, the higher your commission is going to be. Now, that being said, when I first got in the game, we were doing haircuts for like $17. So you'd have to do 20 haircuts a day to make pretty good money. Now, if I do eight haircuts a day, I'm probably making more money than when I was doing 20. Stores should have some kind of incentive, though. If you can't afford Absolutely. to pay all your employees all something extra, at least tell them, hey, the top sellers of, you know, whatever day are, are going to get 10% of whatever they sell back. Right. You know what I mean? Then you're only giving a payback to one person. But it incentivizes everyone to try to be that one person. But they got to do something to get people to pay attention to you. You know, the, the problem is, though, it's always going to be the same one or two people. That's just the way it fucking goes. Because they're the ones that actually do the work and show up and put on a smile. and Right, but they're also, a lot of the times, the people that will jerk their co-workers, steal the sale. In that type of situation, I have seen people fucking do shitty things to their co-workers to put more money in their pockets. While it might not necessarily be a fireable, offense it's not good for morale so you want to think about that too then you figure out what the average sale of any salesperson is and you start giving them a, a payback anytime they exceed that on their shift if the average shift they bring in a thousand dollars per person and you go everything over a thousand dollars will kick you back five or ten percent Right. Like straight cash back into your check. Straight cash. Then you just want to get above that limit every time. That raises the average. So the next year you can be like, now the average is higher. We're going to hit that next number. It also weeds out shitty people that don't want to really work. A lot of people are not bad people, but they just don't have any work ethic or they don't have any hustle or like they don't take any initiative. So there are some people that are better suited for a job. Like, hey, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Those fucking assholes at JD Sports, that's probably about what a lot of them are going to be doing for the rest of their lives standing around not helping anybody <laughs> standing around not helping anybody making nominal money i don't see uh yeah you know i mean not everybody makes it you know <laughs> it's just a fact of life they don't have that get up and go they don't have to get up and go they don't they're not going to make anybody sit up and take notice they don't go for the gusto whenever i talk to somebody and they have ridiculously lofty goals but they can't do the thing that's right in front of them well that's an indicator that you're a bullshitter maybe you could get there one day but you're not ready now it's well if i can't get this thing that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow then i don't want any of it yeah. It's great to have great goals. It's great to have awesome end goals. It's great to have lofty goals because then you have something to aim for, even if you don't get all the way that far, but it's going to keep you motivated to do something. But if you literally won't do the small tasks that need to get done along the way so that you could eventually put someone in a place to do those small tasks for you at some point, you just don't have it. You don't have it. But what you could do is just improve 5%. Wow, something's going on. I got the drums. You've got the parade. We're going to get these people together. You know what I see the most? And you know I've worked like a million jobs, right? So in every yes. job I've had, in every industry, in every field, this is what the majority of people miss. One is see what else you can do and do it. You were asked to do one thing, but there's three other things you could do on the way. Maybe you should do those things. Take some initiative. That's basic initiative. Basic. The other is break out of complacency. So start looking for issues, like things that could be improved in your place of work. And what a lot of people do is they bring these things up to management as complaints. They go, this is broken. That is like mm. this. This is like that. That is like this. If you want to really be amazing at work, take those complaints you have, propose some solutions, and then go to your manager and go, hey, you know that broken thing? I got a guy we can call to fix that. We got to pay him, but he'll come fix it today. You know what I mean? Like yeah. bridge that gap because your manager is probably not even that good at their job. Most mm -hmm. people don't do any of these steps though. They don't take initiative. They don't look for things that can be improved and then they don't offer solutions to make them better. If people did that, they would excel wherever they are because those are the biggest things I see people overlook.
what people typically do is they do exactly what they're told. After a certain amount of time, they go, how come I don't make more money? How come you're not giving me a promotion? I want a promotion. Give me a promotion. And then what your boss thinks, while you think maybe I'll get a promotion if I'm just annoying about this, your boss just goes, man, I wonder if we could replace this guy soon. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're not offering anything to them. If you want to be a manager, start managing some shit. And I feel like people that have the personalities to do it end up doing it. I think there's a lot of people that are like, I want to be the manager. I want to be the manager. And they think that they're going to make a lot more money because they're managing and they want the prestige of being the manager. Oh, he must be so good at his job because he's the manager. It's an ego thing. Really, you're almost better off if you don't want to be an owner, be a highly paid, very skilled employee because managing, it never fucking ends. Like you're fucking responsible for the bottom line, but you're really a middleman. Like you're not making the owner's share. <sighs> I'm so bored. Looking for something to do during quarantine? Franchise a Cinnabon location in your town today. The allure of Cinnabon is unmistakable. As soon as you walk by a Cinnabon, you're enveloped by the inviting scent of cinnamon and freshly baked treats. It creates a craving that guests just have to satisfy. To our guest, that sweet aroma of Cinnabon means something delicious is coming their way. And to our franchise owners, it means even more. If success was a freshly baked treat, it would be a Cinnabon. Become a Cinnabon franchise owner today and learn what it means to be the most popular kid on the block. Our one-of-a-kind, insanely craveable baked goods and specialty beverages have made Cinnabon a world-class brand with world-class economics. Frankly speaking, Cinnabon owns the cinnamon roll category, and we're looking for people to grow our legacy and bake good on the promise that is our brand. Find out more today at CinnabonFranchising.com and take the first steps towards making your future sweet, sticky, and lucrative. You asked me to watch a video called uh, Wet and Gushy. Uh, no, Wet Ass Pussy. Yeah, there's no video for Wet Ass Pussy from what I found. It's called WAP. Wet and Gushy is the video. Oh, that must be the clean version. I couldn't find a dirty video. Cardi B featuring Megan the Stallion. I listened to the song explicit, but the video seemed to only be clean. I couldn't find a sure. dirty version of the video. Okay, you watched it though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listened to the song a couple times. I read the lyrics of both versions. I watched the video. What'd you think of the song? Uh, Actually, let me song... ask you this first. What'd you think of the visuals of the video? I thought it was uh, pretty shitty for pornography. <laughs> Right. Pornography is now readily accessible everywhere. It's not good for that. Right. The female musicians, good looking, right? Factory made, but good looking. Yeah. What'd you think of the actual song? I want to break it down from here. So first off, you should know better than anyone that no song is going to offend me. That wasn't the point. Yeah. I've written much more offensive lyrics than that. And performed. <laughs> <laughs> and performed. It gave me the exact same vibe that like uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot gave me in like the 80s or 90s. Right. Or okay. Yeah. Was. Perfect. Uh, it was corny. It was intentionally raunchy, but like right. the things being said were actually just corny. Exactly. It's a raunchy concept, but it's a corny execution. I think that's perfect for public consumption because if they had done an explicit song where the song was like as raunchy as the concept, no one would have ever heard it. It would probably be a song you and I knew, but nobody else in America would have known it. Well, I mean, people knew the two live crew pretty well. Yeah, but theirs was also corny. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. Theirs was vulgar and corny. Whenever artists get, like, explicit... It's a shock value. Yeah, but when artists actually sing or rap about these things explicitly and not for, like, the corny, like, kind of light, jokey vibe of it you get a totally different song and i think that's the type of music me and you actually enjoy <laughs> yeah sure whatever whatever so yeah. what'd you think of the females rapping on like the two female artists did you think that their raps they... were like good could they rap do you think the lyrics yeah performance wise they were good the lyrics i thought were pretty awful um let me just give an example in the official video wet and gushy like macaroni in a pot I don't want to fuck macaroni in a pot, dude. <laughs> I don't even want to eat macaroni in a pot. I'm lactose intolerant. Give me a break. 
<laughs> so I think you get where I'm going with this. I don't. I don't. I'm still. I'm still curious. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I don't think you do because I think you. I think you want to have a discussion about the merits of the song and this and that. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. Personally, I think the song's trash. I don't like fucking pop rap anyway, right? I was uh, with a friend the other day who you know, and we were talking about music, and he's supposed to be a hip hop guy or whatever. And like a lot of the times, our opinions on things really differ and i'm cool with that we don't have to like the same shit that's fine he is vehemently against any type of male popular hip-hop which is fine that's his prerogative i I dislike a lot of it too like i don't know for me it's always an artist by artist base male popular hip-hop like male performer yeah like migos fucking rich the kid just okay big popular rappers right like the baby yeah little baby young thug like he doesn't like any of that shit that's fine to me wet ass pussy cardi b megan the stallion is just the female version of that it's a it's a very popular ready for pop consumption made song it's very produced and it's cool and it's like designed to be a hit and that's what it is it's pop music but it's performed in the rap manner just like we've talked about on here before you can have a pop song that's performed in the country method a pop song yeah that's a rock song. That's fine. It's pop music. It's overly produced. It's produced specifically for a big audience. He was like, yo, what do you mean you don't like that song? And I was like, dude, it's fine. I was like, the girls are good looking, like, obviously. But I was like, I'm not 12. I don't care about that. I was like, I wouldn't, I would never listen to it. And he's like, yo, what do you mean you wouldn't listen to it? And I was like, I don't like the song. It sucks. I don't like it. And he was like, so you don't like when chicks talk dirty to you in bed? And I was like, what? I was like, what? What? <laughs> I was like, what does that have to do with any of that stuff? He goes, dude, you're going to tell me that you don't listen to that song again turned on and i was just like yo you are like a grown adult like lusting over like 20 something year old chicks who look good but the song's trash and you're telling me you listen to it for the dirty lyrics did you tell them there's internet pornography i i tried to (laughs) maybe i went about this in a very roundabout stupid way and it wasn't the best way to go into it but like am i wrong for being like this song does nothing for me i don't listen to this and it does nothing for me either way i listen to it and i go oh cool it's funny song it's like a female version of a two live crew song it's it's kind of a novelty like whatever it didn't strike me as two live crew because two live crew's lyrics i think do get more explicit i think it it really reminded me of sir mix a lot because you take a naughty theme but then you water down every verse of it as much as possible mm. verse to verse when you read through it it's all corny lyrics i don't even know the lyrics I've, I've seen the video i've heard the song once or twice and i was like and that song was a huge song last summer it's a summer song you know it's it's sexually charged that's what the type of shit people like to listen to in the summer not for me to say or not but it's like it's a lot of like very raunchy female stuff that's disguised as feminism and that's cool like whatever i don't i don't have a problem with that i think if the guys can do it they can do it too go ahead do you think i think it proved its feminist value because in the early 90s guys did raunchy music like this right and they got complaints like crazy and then the complaints went away and now male artists can pretty much sing about anything no one's gonna really come out and criticize them too much for it i disagree with that these women put out a song and it's as explicit as one of those male songs and they got just as beat up as the guys did 30 years ago no i don't think that's true i don't i don't think that's true at all the only way i ever knew of that song to begin with was from the controversy it stirred i saw more people complain about that than any other song last year right but back in the 90s they were steamrolling people's albums and not letting them perform places this didn't really cost them any money now the other thing i want to say is that guys are more censored and we've talked about this how things that should go away like the homophobia and hip-hop all of a sudden goes away overnight but like you can't legally you can't legally shelter these albums at this point plus they were manufactured for controversy too so right but back then though if you had a problem and your album kind of got blackballed you couldn't perform anywhere you'd lose all your money you'd lose your sponsorships none of that happened to either of them they're bigger than ever that song helped propel them so yeah some people complain because the video was kind of raunchy it was a calculated decision by the studio which is right but but neither of them it didn't cost them anything it made them more money the same way it actually made ice tea and ice cube more money in the early 90s and also when you talk about sir mix a lot shit those songs like 30 years old but you don't know what that outrage is going to lead to at some point right but it didn't lead to anything except for those two making more money there's always backlash for this type of shit in society yeah there's backlash but did cardi b lose her fashion nova deal Megan the Stallion got bigger. She's like the biggest, one of the biggest pop artists right now. She's huge. It, it just propelled them more. I mean, they made a ton of money off that song. There's a lot of angry people over it. And I think that's where there's value as a feminist song. There's a lot of angry people over it. 
Sure, whatever. It didn't call it. I, I think it propelled their careers, though, even more so. It was a huge song. So some people complained, but like if they didn't complain, all that did was make the song bigger. The same way all it did was make Body Count bigger in the 90s. What? But then Body Count had to go away, right? Like at least that song never came up again. Cop Killer? That's just gone forever. Well, that song now. ran its course. You could still buy it. They didn't. The album didn't get banned. They tried to, but it didn't. They ban stripped it. that song off of the album. I don't know about that. They cut it out, and they never re-released it. And like Two Live Crew had their moment, but like they couldn't ride that wave into the future. You know what I mean? Well, Two Live Crew went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, but after going through all that, you can't do the same thing just because they're women. You know what I mean? Like right, but th that didn't that didn't happen. You're making it a bigger thing than what it what it really is. That didn't really. What didn't happen? That shit didn't really cost them anything. I'm saying you don't know what the cost is yet. No, it came and went. It's when you have a significant portion of the population angry, you could end up with some results a year or two later. Yeah, but they yeah, but they didn't have a significant portion of the population. They, there was some people that said some things online. It wasn't it was a huge song all last summer. It's gonna be a big song again this summer. There were significant complaints about that song, and I yeah, still Yeah, but there see was also significant praise. They knew what was going to happen. I mean, obviously they gained in the short term, but it may bite them in the ass later. I would have to disagree with you. I don't think it's going to bite them in the ass. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. It could bite all of us in the ass because cultures do snap back, you know. When you have a lot of stuff where things that make people upset are just tolerated like crazy, the more people that you offend, at some point you get a majority of people that go, we're sick of all this filth. And they cracked down on it. Yeah, it's called the Tea Party. No, the Tea Party was all about insurance. At some point, somebody may actually try to shove all this shit back. It's not going to happen. It's It happens in countries all the time. It's not going to happen here. They can't do it. They can't do it here. It's too. We're too far past that. Of course they can. And you got to remember, when shit like Body Count and NWA was first coming out, there was nothing like that ever before. And that was 30 years ago. We're not going back to that. It's not going to happen. They try. There are always going to be people that try. Go, oh, it's against our christian values and you can't do this and they said this but at the end of the day free speech is always going to win in this country whether you agree with shit or not history doesn't move in one direction right i wanted to just talk about how it was crazy that a 45 year old man celebrated this music because it turns them on that's all i wanted to talk about i wasn't trying to have a debate about censorship it's all a waste anyways because i mean this debate happened six months ago <laughs> Yeah, you could probably cut this whole segment out because it's just fucking stupid. I didn't know you were such a Cardi B fan. I'd never even heard her until this afternoon. Okay, well then no offense, but you're you're slightly speaking out of turn because I remember when the song came out last summer and there was people... Oh, I remember when the song came out because of all the people that complained about it. That's all I saw. The biggest complaint that I saw online was the Kylie Jenner cameo in the video. And they said, why don't they have more black women making cameos in the video? Why did you pick a white girl like Kylie Jenner to be in the video? And the reason they put Kylie Jenner in the video is she's a huge celebrity. Yeah. Controversy behind this song did nothing to derail this song. Controversy sells stuff, though. You know marketing. Yeah, I know that. They, the fucking record label probably told people to complain about it online. <laughs> they probably paid them to. I disagree with you that they are going to lose anything because of this song. When Megan Thee Stallion already puts her ass out in a, in a thong bikini all over her fucking Instagram page, it's not like she's going to lose sponsorships because she made one raunchy song. It's like, these women have millions of followers. They show pretty much themselves completely naked on Instagram all the time. So it's not like yeah. they're going to lose anything because they made one song. It's like, look at her fucking Instagram. She's been doing that shit for years. Yeah. Cardi B is like open about the fact that she was a stripper and a gang member for years. Like, she's not, I don't think that song is, I think you're overstating the importance of that song. That's just my opinion though. Like, you don't have to agree. I, I don't think the song by itself is that important. I think there's a collection of things that just make people go nuts. And well, a lot of people don't have a fucking life because I could care less about that song. Maybe it's good because it gives them something to go crazy about because I swear to God, if I have to sit through another person complaining about like a Starbucks coffee cup changing color, I'm going to lose my fucking brain. Okay, so this is interesting because I don't care about that type of shit. No, but somebody does. Right, but you let it bother you. I find it terrifying. I don't care. In a democracy, when the majority of people overreact, you end up with some really fucked up shitty results. But I don't think that the majority of people are overreacting about any of this shit. I think the majority of people in this country overreact about everything. I disagree. Every fucking thing is controversial. I don't think it's the majority of people. Dude, you got people freaking out about all these people with cancel culture, and then on the other side, you have people freaking out that cancel culture exists. People freak out about everything. That's like America's standard right now. Like, you have people freaking out about spree shooters, but you also have people freaking out about gun rights. Nobody can do anything and just reason through anything anymore. Everyone is like, 
like outraged and furious. The only reason is because if you sell magazines or, or TV shows or whatever, outrage is the only thing that sells anymore. I think that's the only thing that ever sold, though. It's the only thing that ever sold. Yeah, but when there were only like four channels, they went for mass appeal. And now that right. there's 5,000 channels, you can't get mass appeal. So instead, you just look for whoever's angriest and you go, we're going to cater to these angry people. It's an outrage machine for money. This goes back to what I was talking about last week when I said I think that there's a lot of people that can't handle how fast technology is expanding. No. And people don't know I... what to do with it. And then it's... Dude, like, cancel culture is only real if you let it be real. Is cancel culture really real? Or, you know, Louis C.K. is a fucking creep to a bunch of women, and now he's not really a thing anymore. We're acting like cancel culture is something new, where a scandal breaks out, and then a person loses their job and goes away. Correct. How is that new? It's not new, but the difference is now that it's so instant, and everyone has access to the internet. Everyone can put somebody on blast online. It's very easy. It used to be hard to if you had a big huge thing if your boss is some politician and he's being abusive to work where are you going to go with it now you can literally just open up instagram swipe left go on your story and put somebody on blast if you want to you can yeah. tag people they'll see it if it's controversial it'll get picked up you couldn't do that 20 years ago the technology didn't exist yeah but dude tv used to just pull the card off people all the time and the same thing with newspapers magazines they just go this guy said the wrong thing once gone Arsenio Hall's like, I'm going to have Louis Farrakhan on my show. Gone. Instantaneously gone. That's eh, a little different, though, because he was black and Louis Farrakhan went up there and kicked the black agenda on his show. So that's a little different. Gone, though. Instantaneously gone. No, no, no. I'll give you an example of where you're right. R. Kelly. R. Kelly, all that shit surfaced in the early 2000s, and he made a huge comeback to the point where it was like it never happened. Rolling Stone does an article about it. People start coming forward. Next thing you know, they make a documentary literally while the shit's happening and now he's in jail. This shit is literally over 20 years old. Michael Jackson. We go back to Michael Jackson from last week. We heard the rumors for years. And now, fin finally, somebody comes out, does a quick documentary on it, and everybody's like, oh yeah, if what people were accusing him of back in the 90s, in the early 90s, was happening now, it would have gotten exposed and he probably would have been canceled immediately. Stuff doesn't have that long of a shelf life anymore before somebody's going to put it on blast. I don't think the shift was the media response has changed necessarily because the media used to be controlled by even fewer people, so it was easier for them to just eliminate somebody's career. I think what's changed is sexual-based offenses have greatly expanded in their breadth of what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. That has rapidly changed in the last 30 years. Like, when R. Kelly first came out with that stuff, they were like, well, the girls shouldn't have been there. Hmm. Mm, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, cancel culture is not new. No, it's not. It's not. It's absolutely not new. It's it's funny, though, because it, in a certain thing, though, right? When you talk about R. Kelly, that's a different thing. That's a criminal offense. He's in jail right now for doing criminal oh, yeah. things. If you don't like Ice Cube's opinions, that doesn't mean you get to shut him down. Where a lot of people in the music industry go away is not because of public cancel culture but they do something and they get blackballed in the music yeah. industry and then they get shut down no lawyers will work with you no record labels will work with you no managers will work with you you're not getting booked for shows you need to just go get a day job it's over for you and that yeah. that's a real thing and it does happen and you will hear about people getting blackballed in the music industry it's a real thing if you look at r kelly's crimes in the 60s and 70s they weren't crimes because there were no statutory laws in the 80s they started becoming laws in the 90s people largely brushed off sex crimes the rule of thumb back then was if the guy denied it there was nothing that could really be pushed any further Oh, well, he said he didn't do it. You said he did it. I guess we're at an impasse. Same thing in the 2000s, 2010s. A lot of it was, we're not going to believe unless there's actually evidence. And that's all flipped on its head now. Now it's, if you got two or three people make an accusation, then it's considered credible. You don't necessarily need any proof. Right, but R. Kelly's also been charged with racketeering. So... Yeah, but racketeering just means you conspire with people, right? That's how they take down the mafia. So, I mean... It's a loophole. Racketeering's a catch-all for the FBI because they couldn't solve crimes against the Right, mob. but my point is that <laughs> some of the shit that he's doing that he's been charged with... Oh, I'm not saying it's not egregious. I'm just saying 20 years ago, people would have looked the other way. Well, they were paid off, though. It's a well-known fact, if you do your research, that they paid people off to not press charges against him. One of the girls, they gave her uncle a credit as a bass player on his album. Another time... He 
he was under investigation, took the family and sent them on vacation for three weeks to Lake Mexico. So when the prosecutors and the, and the investigators came to their house to get a story, they weren't there. They constantly did things to suppress. Right, but like Harvey Weinstein, Woody Allen, Bill Cosby, all these guys that had decades of suspicion and allegations, it all just kind of sat there. Charlie Rose. And then all right. of a sudden, a couple years ago, people went, you know what? Let's start taking this seriously if there's multiple victims. Part of the reason for that, though, now was the victims couldn't get online. The victims couldn't do things and speak out. It's directly correlated to the fact that things are so much more instantaneous to get on Instagram, to get on YouTube, to get something to a newspaper. You can email it. R. Kelly, I mean, do you know how the R. Kelly shit came to light? Somebody dropped a stack of um, files and sent them to a reporter in Chicago. When? Uh, this was the original one 20 years ago when they went after him. And they brought him to court, but it got thrown out. 20 years ago, they got the documents and they didn't care. That's my thing. Like, they didn't care back then. No, they did care. They, they tried to prosecute him, but people couldn't, they couldn't convict him. He was charged. And then it, it nothing came of it. And then they paid a lot of money to fucking make it go away. They cleaned up his image. They made him do basically gospel music for a couple of years. R. Kelly went from, like, this big, huge celebrity doing joint albums with Jay-Z, world tours, to somebody that they drilled it back and they really just marketed him into the black community. And then they had him going from very sexual songs to songs like Step in the Name of Love. Very cleaned up, polished up image. If you're interested in this, watch the, uh, there's two seasons. Just watch the first season on the R. Kelly shit. Or I'll find the Rolling Stone article that blew the lid back off of this a few years ago that led up to the documentary, which led to him getting arrested and finally tried in a criminal court. But the thing is, it's like, yeah. they hit you with racketeering when they want the charges to stick. Well, yeah, because it's a catch-all. All you have to prove to get racketeering is two or three people going, hey, maybe we should do this crime. Together, as a group. Yeah, and that's what he did. It's not a huge drug operation, but he was hiring women to fucking recruit and enslave other women on his behalf. Right. And I mean, I kind of feel for the women that were his like lackeys because they were under his control also, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about tonight? I don't know. What? Should I hit record? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's weird when like grown men are like into songs by fucking Megan the Stallion that get them turned on. And the song's not that good. It's like, it's not an excuse to like a song. It's not a good song. Just go watch porn. I wouldn't say it didn't do anything for me, but at the same time, like... It's not going to get me off, dude. <laughs> dude, it's it's some ladies dancing scantily clad. That's all right. it is. I mean, the song, though, the song without the video is like, whatever, who cares? I'm going to tell you the truth. I watched the video on mute when the video came out. <laughs> because people were going crazy how wild the video was. To your point, the, the thing that I will give you is, I do think that they were like, yo, we're going over the top of this. We're going to make a statement on this video. And they knew that there was going to be controversy. But I don't think the controversy really hurt them. I think it helped them. But like I said, it's just my opinion. If you're of the opinion that in two years from now, it might impact their careers when they want to do something different. And it's like, well, this is still out there. I've never been able to shake this. Because to your point, sometimes you do hear people say, like, I did something. And then... I thought it was just going to be a moment in my career, but then 10 years later, people are still bringing this up. You do hear people say shit like that, so you could be right. I'm of the opinion that I think for them, I kind of feel like they knew what they were getting themselves into, and I think it probably made them a lot of money. Yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. I think if you were a different type of female artist, I mean, the two of them are just part of their imagery is that they're very sexual. And it, and then I, I feel like if you want to take that as a feminist thing, then that's how you can take it. If you took it like it's demeaning to women, then that's how you take it. Me, I don't really take it either way. I don't care. I don't care about cancel culture. I don't care about how people feel if that's demeaning to women. I mean, the best thing you could do is not be demeaning to the women in your life because that shit's always going to be yeah. out there. I think it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, though, too, because I think a lot of the times people feel like if you see a woman out there that's dancing like that, she's not doing it because she wants to. She's doing it because some guy put her up to it. Or she feels like she has to do that because that's the only way that she has any value. And I don't think that's true anymore. Or I don't think that was ever really true. I think some people like it. I don't know. There's there's an argument that being a sex worker is a, a huge feminist thing. You're taking control. I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't necessarily disagree with it. Well, the laws against it were all passed by men, right? Men were just controlling everything and making all the laws back then. So I don't know. I... <laughs> Right, but women had no say in the laws that govern how they get to act. Yeah, right? correct. I, I think that we are going in the right direction in terms of be, making it more inclusive for women. 100%. Yeah. I know you don't like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it's an interesting conversation. It's not where I thought it was going to go. It's, uh, you took it and you... you Nothing ever does. Spun it around. It's just a loose cannon. It could go in any direction. 
Yeah. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of chicks that control their, their OnlyFans accounts and shit like that, and they're making their own money, and they're doing it because they want to do it, and some dude isn't in their pocket. That's cool. Women are crushing men in, like, the getting degrees business. Yeah. Two, two things are possible. One, men trick them into doing that. Like, oh, yeah, go get a degree. It's really important. <laughs> we'll let you drive, maybe, if you had a piece of paper. <laughs> The other is in like 10 years, they're going to topple men and men aren't going to be able to get jobs anymore. They're going to be like, nah, you're a little too masculine for this line of work, bro. Isn't there just in the population that's more female heavy than male heavy, I think? Yeah, just a little bit. Those lyrics, though, to, to WAP, Sir Mix-a-Lot would have written the same lyrics. Why don't you kick the rap from those songs? Yeah. Uh, put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. <laughs> Dude, that's something Sir Mix-a-Lot would have written, right? That's a good line. I want you to park that big Mack truck right in this little garage. Yeah, good enough. It's a lot of simple rhymes. It's just a lot of corny things kind of streamed together. It doesn't strike me as, like, sincere. <laughs> if you were talking to some girl and she was trying to use these lines on you, you'd just keep laughing at her. You know what I mean? Like, what it I know a lot of women that really liked that song last summer. They, they got a kick out of it. They enjoyed it. I think because it's so lighthearted, I think it I think it really is. I think it's a mass appeal song. Absolutely. Everything they make is. It's very tongue in cheek. It's very lighthearted. Again, though, she has, Cardi has like, what I say, 82 million followers. It's everything she does is a pop song. Megan the Stallion's got millions of followers now, too. I don't know what she has, but, like, look at her Instagram. I'll, I'll just pull up an image. I'll pull up a random image. Pull up some images. Uh, let's see. How about this one that she posted on March 17th? That's a butt. So, like I said, I don't think that this image, which came out six months after that song came out, I think she's found something that's working for her at the moment. And she has almost 22 million followers. They can do whatever they want. It's their world. We're just living in it. Marketers found out like a hundred years ago that you can market just about anything really well with sex. So why not music, right? A hundred percent. But the other thing too is I, I do have this opinion sometimes when it comes to pop stuff. I'm not even the person to comment on it because it's not my thing. I enjoy hip hop. When you talk about a Megan Thee Stallion or a Cardi B album, that's not even like a, it's, it's a rap album technically but it's it's a huge commercial pop album the same way travis scott is or like justin bieber i feel like your average hip-hop guy doesn't listen to that but the person who listens to justin bieber probably is a better suited listener for a cardi b record you like pop music that's the person that you want to ask their opinion on well i don't think that your pop music fan is as overly discerning they don't look at it and go i like pop music i'm super into pop music justin bieber came out and then selena gomez back in the 80s we had debbie gibson like i celebrate the long lineage and, and history of of uh, the rich history of pop music now in the 2000s and 2020s. It's an amalgamation of all different styles. Is he a country guy? Is he a rapper? Is he a singer? He's a pop musician. Whatever, man. I don't care about, I don't watch big movies. I don't watch like the, I don't watch the big summer blockbusters. I don't watch any of the DC Marvel movies. I don't know about pop culture. Yeah. I don't know about it. So let me ask you this, cause this, this is an interesting thing. On one hand, I'm like, oh yeah, we should bring someone that understands pop stuff onto the show and ask him about it. But on the other hand, in my head, and this, this could just be a wild stereotype, but in my head, people that really enjoy pop culture, and that's their thing, they don't have any opinions that I'm gonna find interesting. That's my guess. I agree with that. Don't think they're gonna say anything that isn't surface level. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, like, I like all the music on the radio. I like all the movies in the theater. It's like, ugh. you know, what's interesting, though, and this could just be me or maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm out of touch. There used to be some really good rap albums that went platinum. Like Wu-Tang, Big Pun, Cameron, Jay-Z. Really good rap albums, but at a, at a certain point in time, they were part of pop culture. When you get to the point where a rap album is selling a million copies, it has to be a part of pop culture. No good rap music hits a million sales anymore, unless it's someone like Travis Scott, who played the Super Bowl and has a kid with Kylie Jenner. You don't think a good artist will hit the pop level again? No. No, it's over. It's completely controlled and manufactured now at a level that it never has been before. Because it's just all dominated? Yes, absolutely. It's so manufactured at this point. You know, all the major labels basically come down to Sony and a couple other companies. You'll see all these subsidiaries, but they all go back to the same two or three companies. And I think it's, they grab a big artist and they say, we've tested this person out. They have what it takes to get to the next level. It's almost like a Nielsen rating where they've, they've figured out a way to survey enough people to say, Cardi B has what it takes to become a huge superstar. Cardi B was literally a chick on Love & Hip Hop that was funny. She got popular. 
She put out a couple of underground mixtapes. One of the songs caught on, that Bodak Yellow song. Then she got signed, and then all of a sudden, the music that starts coming out has big production. She's doing choreographed dances now, like, with dancers. It becomes a whole production in a way that something like Jay-Z that comes more organically, and it was just... That dude was so dominant at, at the right time. It's not going to happen now. Jay-Z, if Jay-Z came out now, he might be big in rap. But, like, there's a couple of big rappers like Travis Scott. But Travis Scott is so big that he literally had an endorsement with his own burger. Um, he had a Travis Scott meal at McDonald's. No right. rapper is getting that now. It's it's over for that type of shit. Where, where it's like, Wu-Tang is just so good that people love it. And you're going to go to the show and they're going to sell a million records. They're going to sell another 10 million outside of the United States. They're going to tour the world. Dude, those days are fucking over with and to be honest with you a lot of these rappers now probably actually are making more money because they can sell their shit directly to people through the internet because a lot of them got jerked right. they had huge records but their contracts were shit so if you can sell a digital record online for 10 bucks or you can have a record company sell it where you get 30 cents why would you let them touch right it? at this point in time it doesn't even make sense they don't really give deals to people until they already have a following now right i don't even know i think that you get certain people get picked they have the right thing i think there's some metrics and they grab you right. and they decide when i was doing college radio you'd get so much music sent to you and there's still a lot of music now but it's all digital people would send stuff to the radio station and there'd be right. somebody that would come out and they'd be big and then they'd, they'd have their run then they'd fall off or you'd have somebody and you'd think like oh this is going to be the next guy and then it, it didn't work out and they'd fall off now it's just like when the record label decides that you're the guy they will do whatever it takes to make sure that you're the guy for the next five to seven years if not more than that and it's like it's not even real music it's all packaged it's just totally fucking packaged produced record i was thinking about this the other day when was the last time i decided to listen to a major label hip-hop release and i really couldn't think of it i read rick ross's autobiography i went back for a few weeks and like listened to some like rick ross records and it was a couple i missed and i was like oh these are good but it was nothing new yeah and i listened to new music all the time i just downloaded the new crime apple album i mean i guess the closest thing would be like west side gun or conway because i think they're signed to a major now but like they're not like major like the way jay-z was when it was like he had a fucking movie in the movie theater right <laughs> the fade the black movie was literally i watched that in a movie theater i remember that yeah he had the fade the black album they made a movie called fade the black it was basically like a documentary and i went and watched that in the movie theater with chimbalewski it's crazy so i and that era is just over I don't see it coming back. I think that you get people that are just like legacy pop artists like Bieber and they're going to do whatever they can. They'll keep the sound up. But it's just, I don't know shit about that music. Most of the people I know and that I collaborate with or have worked with in art in the past, you know, five or ten years have all been film people. And one thing I'm seeing actors complain about a lot now is companies are now posting roles. They'll have like a stipulation with them must have 50,000 social media followers. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. They have like these bars for entry where it's like, you have to have some kind of following, otherwise don't even bother applying. Right. And these are small independent, well, I don't know how small they are, but these are typically independent films. But if you want to save money, you're going to try to bring someone in from the, the social media world that already has a following rather than paying like a celebrity actor to be in your film, because then you have to shell out a bunch of money, right? So that's correct. You find someone that has a lot of followers, but maybe they don't actually have a lot of money and you go, oh, be in our film, we'll give you 10 grand. And th they might have as many followers as like an actor that would cost a hundred grand you know what i mean there's a couple of funny things about that for one people have fake followers oh yeah but two just because you have a lot of followers doesn't mean that you're a good actor you might be good looking or you do something controversial well that's the biggest complaint i see from actors like what does that have to do with acting? correct <laughs> it's like no, it, social media is a separate job from being a good actor yeah but it's like they try to make it a part of the package like you could be great at teaching people how to do something but you don't have a big social media following so nobody cares and it's like it doesn't make any sense oh, I'll be honest, people that have a heavily curated social media account, I can't imagine working on them with anything because I know to manage a social media account, that's like a full-time job in itself. That's correct. So if you're looking from an art perspective, I'm going to do some art with this person. I need someone with a lot of followers. I feel like you're actually sabotaging yourself because you're only ever going to get half their time. Well, the other thing too is they want people with big followings, right? What's your average engagement? Maybe 10%. So like, I don't know, if you have 100,000 followers, that's still 10,000 people, but it's not overly indicative. If you look at big accounts, you'll see somebody with like 10 million followers and they get 5,000 likes on a photo. And yeah. it's like, okay, 5,000 likes is still significantly more than I've ever gotten. But if you have 5 million followers and you're only reaching 5,000, 
thousand of them, that's not very good engagement. So what does that even really show you? You might get two or three hundred people to go see your movie. If you post a picture of your butt, you'll get, you know, 900,000 likes. Depends on the butt. <laughs> but th that's what I mean. Like, people build their Instagram on one thing. It doesn't necessarily pivot to the other thing. Oh, yeah, I do need a before you go. You got to explain the your wife was in an elevator in a cliffhanger last week. What happened? You want me to lie about it or you want to just hear the boring truth? I want to hear the boring truth. That's fine. It just came up and it wasn't an issue? Yeah, pretty much. By the time I got to the door, she was there. She was legitimately stuck in there for like five minutes, so I could understand hitting the panic button a little bit. What happened? It like stopped halfway up? Yeah, I don't know if something happened and it just like stopped, but it just, that happened to me once. Like I was in there just long enough to text my coworker to go, dude, I'm stuck in the elevator. And then it started moving. There's nothing worse than thinking you're stuck in it, but then you realize you haven't pressed the button. <laughs> that <laughs> happens to all of us. I'm glad your wife is safe and sound. It's kind of funny. I thought you'd chomp more at the bit to talk about the salacious song since you're the dirty sex guy of, us, of the two of us. And I'm the... It's, it wasn't salacious. It was corny. I'm going to re-listen to it. I haven't heard it in a while. I'm going to give you my... Dude, it's like if I wrote a song called Big Butt Poo Poo. It's not a big deal. It is whatever. <laughs> Do that recorded over the same beat. Sign this off. Just because Americans are prudes doesn't mean that that song is naughty. It's just fucking corny. Whatever. She has a wet pussy. Get over it. Get over it. Dust yourself off. We'll see you next Tuesday.